Welcome to Let's Talk Markets. I am your host, Pink, here with my co-host, Dave Lauer. How are you, Dave? Good. How are you? Doing great. We have a lot going on the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, we missed an episode. Now we got yeah. all to catch up on. Uh, so there's been an oversight hearing. That was that was really interesting in the SEC. And um, the tables have kind of turned against Gary Gensler. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot going on. So uh, let's talk there's, about that. There's a lot. You know, look, I, I think right now there is sort of this full court press politically. Um, against the SEC and uh, Gary Gensler um, by some very powerful firms who donate a lot of money to politicians, right? That's all, you know, all you need to know is that Ken Griffin and Steve Yaz are two of the largest donors to the GOP. And if you watch the House Financial Services Committee oversight hearing from April 18th, with that in mind, everything makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I thought that, I mean, I thought Gensler did a pretty good job. Um, I, th I thought he was very reasonable with what he was saying. I'm sure that people in crypto uh, were frustrated and angry with him. And, you know, I think he's done less of a good job in the crypto space. I'm not a fan of regulation by enforcement. Um, but, you know, that being said, uh, he was pretty open and honest from a crypto perspective about how, uh, you know, the security laws still apply and, from his perspective, this is just an industry of complete non-compliance. So, you know, I, I don't really want to go down <laughs> that path. People have some very strong feelings about crypto and about uh, the SEC and Gensler, but um, yeah, and it's know, getting pretty heated too, with a lot of the lawsuits and even charges being dropped or brought. Is. brought and there's another so. side to this. You know, you've got a lot of Republicans who were coming at Gensler and who were coming at him from a pro-crypto perspective and of course the democrats much less pro crypto and then again when you look at who the republicans are taking money from uh you know they're they're they're, they're still it's the same thing it's the same old story and you know you have them um like tom emmer for example coming at gensler for not um you know not picking up on FTX before it all fell apart. Uh, but, you know, go look into how much money he's taken from FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried and, and some of SBF's dark money that went to the Republicans. So, you know, nobody came out of the FTX thing looking good, Democrats or Republicans. Everyone took his money. Um, and, you know, I think, I think FTX was a big wake-up call for the SEC in terms of how significantly people and Americans are, can be impacted by crypto. So, you know, he's coming at a lot of firms with a lot of enforcement actions. And, uh, you know, I, I think that that was a major topic. So if you look at the oversight hearing, I, I said it it was really just about crypto and climate. And there was very little about yeah. market structure stuff that I thought we were going to see. And that, you know, even in his testimony that he really led with. So if you read his testimony, first, I loved how it started out. He was talking about Sam Rayburn and he said, Rayburn noted that the the lobby, the Wall Street lobby that came after uh, the Securities Acts 33 and 34 was the biggest and boldest, the richest and most ruthless lobby Congress had ever known. I bet. Yeah. Familiar, doesn't it? And yeah, here we are, what, almost 100 years later doing it again. Exactly. Um, and, you know, so he... He talked, the first thing that he brought up in his testimony was the equity market structure reforms. I think he's very proud of it and, and he wanted to lead with it. Um, and, you know, there, there wasn't much interest uh, from Congress 
uh, in that. You know, it was really, it was really, like I said, it was focused on crypto and climate. And he was pretty, even in his testimony, in, in his written testimony, um, you know, he, he pointed out how crypto intermediaries commingle various functions uh, like broker dealers and exchanges and proprietary trading, um, which was exactly what FTX was doing. Um, you know, he said, it's the law. It's not a choice. You call yourself a DeFi platform. That's not an excuse to defy securities laws. <laughs> um, and, you know, he said he's here to protect U.S. investors. And, you know, like, I, I think I hope he does a better job of it because I think a lot of people have lost a lot of money. Um, but, you know, I'm not sure what attitude you would expect the SEC to have in in this space because it's they, they are laws. What can you do? They, they have to enforce their laws. And so right. Patrick McHenry, who led the committee, his top industry that he takes money from is Wall Street. Um, you know, Ann Wagner, same thing. And uh, her second top industry is Wall Street. She took uh, she filed a comment letter against the SEC equity market structure rules. Um, you know, you've got Gensler took a shot at market intermediaries. I thought that was good. You know, he said I, market should serve investors and issuers. It shouldn't be the other way around. And and I always think that that's exactly what Wall Street tends to get backwards because they're right. immersed in being intermediaries. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, 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 I thought it was, you know, from a, from the equity market structure perspective, there wasn't much, you know, the, the, the usual characters came after it and after Gensler. Um, but, you know, they were really all very interested in talking about the climate disclosure rule um, and crypto and, and either complimenting him if you're a Democrat for both of those, both of his, his approaches on crypto and climate or railing at him, man, the Republicans were really angry uh, they were hitting him hard, and uh, you know, I, I, it, 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 I don't think anything came out of it. Like, it, there's just right. wasn't much that it speaks. Uh, it speaks volumes to the fact that you know, first of all, it's a greater problem even above the SEC that the federal government is so behind on regulation when it comes to any new technology. I mean, look at yeah. AI; they, their hands are up. A lot of them are, are geriatric. No offense, but they don't oh, yeah. understand. You know, it's awful. Exactly. And even and so, Gensler said, you know, he started off his, his testimony. He's like, the most important technology of our day is AI. It's not crypto. <laughs> right. And that's what they almost don't know where to look. It's like explaining to your grandparents how to use an iPad. You know, it's frustrating. And it's like, no, that's not even what we're talking about here. So and and then, you know, they start to make it a political issue before you can ever get into any real bipartisan resolution that would benefit everyone. And yeah. that's part of that's by design, right? I mean, that's you brought that up in the roundtable that you were watching. Um, I saw your tweet thread where you were kind of on a roll, and I mean, I was loving it. It was great. Uh, but you were you were watching some roundtable, and you're talking about Citadel, you know, their their bottom line and their PNL and and all of that. So, what was that roundtable you're watching? First of all, yeah. So Sifma held uh, an equity market structure roundtable. Um, it was like four hours. And, you know, SIFMA, if, if you don't know, they are the association, the trade association for brokers. Um, and so you have to understand that going into it. You have to understand that brokers are completely against all of these new reforms, right? Brokers are intermediaries 
and a lot of these new SEC rule proposals will disintermediate them uh, or make their lives harder because of they have to, because they have to justify themselves. So, you know, the the main rules, of course, that they hate the two are best execution and the order competition rule. And so, you know, this was a roundtable. I mean, I think calling it a roundtable is generous. It was just a complete, <laughs> you know, and. Uh, there were some firms, you know, I will, I will say this, like um, there were some firms there who have slightly different views on markets. Um, you know, BlackRock's equity market structure guy uh, is a smart guy and, you know, did not agree with everything that was being said. NASDAQ's guy who was there, another one who, um, you know, has a more broad view of market structure, I think. And, um, you know, didn't agree with everything, but generally speaking, I don't know how many people were, there were like 30 people there and, you know, 26 of them or so felt exactly the same way, basically. And every time someone would start speaking, they would start and they'd be like, I agree with everything that, that you know, that guy just said, or that guy, right? Like it was just, you know, and, and Citadel, the guy from Citadel, they had two, two guys from Citadel, one who used to be at the SEC. And so of course went through the revolving door. And the other, who used to be at the New York Stock Exchange and uh, was a major proponent of the trade-at rule that we are pushing right now uh, before he went to Citadel. So the two of them, you know, they came out and they're like, look, you need to understand that we've been criticized for only caring about our firm's P&L. He's like, our firm is here. You know, we only succeed if markets succeed. So, you know, we're here not just thinking of our P&L. We're here thinking of investors. It's like. Nobody believes a word you just said. Why did you even yeah. waste the air on it? Everybody sees right through it. That's called gaslighting. <laughs> it is. Oh, you can't you can't survive without us. We are right. what yeah. Right. And then and then Robin Hood, you know, Robin Hood, the former SEC commissioner is now the the chief legal officer at Robin Hood. And you know, look, uh, I'll say this about Dan Gallagher, he's an Eagles fan. I I can't you know, <laughs> disagree with him on his football beliefs but we can disagree on everything else and yeah you know he was like look if you look at that comment file in the order competition rule you'll see all those comments from retail and they they all say the same thing don't bring back commissions it's like that that's not what they say that is not and they have many of those comment letters <laughs> not what they say dan <laughs> but they're so used to speaking for for retail investors and for you know the greater public it, it it's not like you said in one of your tweets, they're losing that ultimate control that they've had. And, you know, the people listening to them, Congress or whoever, they, they're depending on that, on them being the experts and that what they're saying is true. Okay. And they're lying through their teeth. And now we have the signatures to start to back that up that, no, that's not what we said. It's right there. Yeah. And I can, I can <laughs> we look wrote at it. Thousands and thousands of comment letters, the vast majority of comment letters that came in. We're supportive of the rules, recommended the changes we recommended, want to simplify markets, don't buy this BS that getting rid of payment for order flow will bring back commissions because first of all, they make an average of 30 to 40 cents per trade. So you're not getting $5 commissions any way you look at it. Uh, and people understand that that's not a cost that you know is altruistic. They are paying for that in execution quality. And they know 
that open competitive markets will mean better execution quality. And, you know, so you look at this round table and especially the order competition rule, they're basically saying, they're like, look, not only does retail not want this, but no one in the industry wants it. And again, that's, it's just not true. If you look, I, I was actually surprised, but there were some comment letters that came in that were extremely supportive of the order competition rule. You had interactive brokers, a retail broker coming in and saying, this is a good idea. We should do this. Here are some recommendations to make it better. You had XTX, one of the largest high frequency firms in the world who doesn't do wholesaling like Virtu and Citadel saying, yes, this is a good idea. We will participate and there will be liquidity in these auctions. You had IEX saying, hey, this is a good idea. You had proof trading, an institutional broker dealer. So you had a retail broker, a high-speed trader, an institutional broker, and a stock exchange, and NASDAQ, I should mention. So two stock exchanges, NASDAQ, all came out in some way supportive of the order competition rule. Most of them saying, though, uh, NASDAQ especially. NASDAQ said exactly what we, the investors, said, which I've, I, I actually... I. I called those guys up because I know them. And I'm like, hey, did you, did you think we were going to be agreeing on this? Yeah. They were shocked. They said, yeah. absolutely not. But that um, also paints a very clear picture, too, of who's on the right side of of investing and and maybe who doesn't have the best interest in, yeah. you know. Those are some big names that you just mentioned that are aligned overall with what we, the investors, said in in you know, as far as the order competition rule. And so that, that really helps to paint the picture even more that Robin Hood and, and all of the others, they, that Citadel, they, they don't have our best intentions. They're not, like you said, that's not an altruistic uh, feat that they. No, I, that I think the here. firms that are pushing back against these proposals are extremists. They're, they're really on the fringe. If you look at the industry um, and you survey the industry, uh, you know, you really see that there is broad agreement across all sorts of the new SEC rule proposals. Like I've got this thing here, this this summary that uh, someone did. Where is it? Here it is. And and uh, you know what they found was like for the reg for Reg NMS in terms of like reducing tick sizes, um, reducing access fees, uh, accelerating the um, the market data reforms and. Um, you know, harmonizing trading increments, there is massive agreement across the industry. So pretty much everyone agrees with the Rule 605 updates. Almost everyone agrees with the Reg NMS changes with some changes. Like, you know, uh, there's broad agreement in the industry, as we, the investors, said that we should reduce the smallest tick size to half a penny, but no more, not like the, what the SEC wanted to do, and that we should increase tick sizes on the other side. And that's, that's across asset managers and pension plans who manage trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars all agree with that. Um, a bunch of broker dealers do, but not all of them. Uh, a bunch of high-speed trading firms agree with that, but not all of them. But then you get to the wholesalers, you get to Citadel and Virtu, and they're just almost opposed to everything. And then you look at the others, exchanges agree with it, uh, industry groups agree with a lot of this. It really is, you know, to me, it looks very much like an extreme view that these wholesalers have and the retail brokers have. Um, and then especially the same holds true on best execution. You know, a lot of firms were there saying, they're, they're saying, you know what, like this best execution standard looks a lot like the current one. It's just going to be from the SEC instead of FINRA. 
And, you know, a lot of firms who don't seem to have anything to hide are fine with that. Right. But maybe a few nuances that in terms of like the rule text that they want to see changed. And that's the point of the public comment process. And then you get to wholesalers, you get to some of the exchanges, you get to some of the brokers and they're like, no, do not put a more stringent best execution standard on us. You can't do that. That would that, be horrific. That threatens their livelihood. Yeah. yeah. So of course they're going to fight tooth and nail to yeah. keep their $297 million penthouses. And that's right. <laughs> nine figure houses and you know the the SEC, the, the sifma roundtable they were like why would you mess with a, something that has worked for decades there have been no best execution problems everything works great <laughs> well let's apply that to all technology and see how far we get and how yeah. long we remain ahead but i mean we've yeah, got 35,000 watching this thing i was like oh my god this yeah is, they just feel out of touch they feel like they're it feels like they're extremists and you know i i it's, it shocks me that they, that, I mean, it shouldn't, you know, and a lot of these people, I know a lot of the people in the round table, I've known them in prior positions when they felt very differently about these issues than they do today. Um, and, you know, that's like, that's fine. That's, that's kind of how things work on Wall Street, but it, it's not fine when they end up holding themselves out as trying to do what's right for markets. Right. And when they hold themselves out as no, this, what I'm telling you now is right. What I said back then was wrong. And anyone who believes that, you know, forget, you should dismiss them. They have ulterior motives, all of this. And it's, it's like, you know, it, what, I, what I think is, is so different. And I think the tweet thread that you're talking about ends with the sentence, I think everyone watching sees right through it. That's, that's very different now. You know, people are really watching. They're paying attention to these exchanges. They're engaging when I, when I talk about this stuff online. Uh, Chair Gensler, who has been approached with this very question, sees right through it. You know, he says, I think that all these firms are advocating for their own profitability, not for what's right for markets. And so, you know, I think that's a really unique uh, perspective at the top of the SEC uh, from what I've seen in the past. And he deserves credit for that. Now, like, we're not going to put a superhero cape on him just yet. Yeah. But I mean, he catches a lot of flack, especially from the retail investment community, for maybe not having our best interest, you know, at heart. But I mean, that kind of behavior really does say a lot. And he's really standing up to some giants. And I, I mean, personally, I feel like he's trying, you know. At yeah, least. I, I think that's right. And I think that um, there's a reason that that anger is being stoked, right? There's a reason that people want retail to turn against Gensler. And that's because retail could be the difference with getting these rules passed or not. And there are firms and people making a lot of money that want to make sure that those rules don't get passed. So, Absolutely. You know, I think what we're doing is the X factor in all of this. It really is. It's it's pivotal, and that's what's going to create such effective change in something. It's unprecedented, yeah. and it reminds me of this this silly scene from the ants movie, or maybe it was Bugs Life. I don't remember, but the grasshopper is saying, "You let those ants know that they have that much power, and they they take over." You know, that's right, yeah. that, that <laughs> you can never let them know how much power they hold, and that's you know we've proven it now. With what are we at thirty five thousand signatures? Or I mean. That's mind blowing. We yeah. were talking about a four digit goal and here we're at five digits, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, we've, we've got our, you know, this, this second petition that we've posted the, the SEC letter number two, 
And, um, you know, if you remember, we really started We the Investors with the first petition on payment for order flow and excessive off exchange trading. We got uh, almost 72,000 signatures on that. Um, and, you know, one of the main things that we heard from people as we were going through that was why aren't you looking at FTDs? Why aren't you looking at, you know, stock loan and, and settlement and clearing and all of that? And, you know, the, the reasoning was relatively simple um, that we knew the SEC was looking at these issues and, you know, we knew that the time was right on payment for order flow. Uh, and that established us. It established us as a movement and a presence in in this whole debate. And so now, you know, with our second letter to the SEC, it's been up for a while. We've had it up for a few months, but we did actually today. Uh, so when, I don't know when this is going to come out, but today, April twenty fifth, we just broke thirty five thousand signatures on it. Um, and you know, we're we're going to have it running through the end of this month, through the end of April, uh, and then we will present this again to the SEC as issues that retail and individual investors care about and want them to act on. Um, so, you know, we're trying to push for a pretty comprehensive set of changes to markets. So we start with transparency. We want more transparency into stock loan and lending, right? Are, are your shares being lent? And if so, how much revenue has the broker made? We want more transparency amount, around margin. Uh, so for clearing brokers, we want to know the estimated margin per security for clearing brokers. So back in 2021, if you had been a Robinhood customer, you would have been able to see through a disclosure like that, that they were getting excessive amount of margin requirements and that something was going to happen uh, before it happened. Um, we want to see netting transparency so that we can understand the trading dynamics and what is real investment into these stocks versus what's just intraday trading. Uh, you can't tell that from just volume numbers right now. Uh, we want more transparency into FTDs. They should be up, you know, we should get that information more often. We should know what kind of firm failed. Was it a clearing broker, an exempt market maker, or a custodian? And how long did those FTDs remain open? And how were they remediated? Was it a buy-in? Was it some trick to kick the can down the road? We want to know that. Um, and we want public companies uh, to disclose directly registered shareholder numbers. Um, so those are the, the transparency issues that we're pushing on. And then we want to give individual investors more control over their, their positions, their, the shares that they're holding, how they are shielded from the companies that they own or not uh, through NOBO versus OBO uh, designations. We believe people should be able to control whether their shares are being lent out they should be able to easily directly register if they want to do that and that they need to be able to receive communication and proxy voting directly from the company, not through the broker, so that they can know that their vote is being counted. And a then, lot of what you're saying covers what we've been yeah. screaming from the rooftops on, on Reddit and, and in different investment communities. And it's so huge that these are being brought to the, the bigger conversation yeah. because the that's everything you talk about taking away the livelihood of a lot of these wholesalers by making transparency a thing, which it should have already been. We have the technology. So, you know, it's, it's just, it's kind of a no brainer, but as with anything in politics, it's got to be said and voted on. Right. I mean, to become a thing. So, so for transparency, it's better to start there because those are the kind of things that you can get done 
in theory, a bit quicker, right? It's You're not changing anything about how markets work. You're just getting more disclosures and more visibility. Um, and so that's where I tend to like to start because you can work on the other stuff while the transparency rules get put into place. Then, you know, the, the, the choice and control stuff that we're talking about will take longer, but, you know, that that's okay. And then ultimately what we want to get to is we want to get rid of the market maker exemption to reg show and we want to end the ftd the fails as a business model um, for firms who rely on failing to deliver and so you know of course that's something that looks much more like a european settlement discipline regime with mandatory buy-ins cost to fail increasing over time all of the things that i think the community has highlighted uh in terms of changes that that they want to see so you know, that's the very much, very much the long-term vision. But, you know, I think what we're presenting in this petition is a relatively comprehensive roadmap to getting markets working better, more transparent, with more control uh, given to individual investors. And, you know, that's, that's really what we're, what we're focused on. And that's something that we, we definitely don't want to give up on. I mean, what you're talking about, the DRS movement, just as an example, direct registration has been um, a wave that's been growing for almost like two years now, but it's just now starting to become part of mainstream conversation. And that's just one topic of many that could change the way markets operate and just with one little change, you know, so I don't... Uh, I don't see this tidal wave ending anytime soon of public interest in what happens to our invested dollars, especially through the efforts of we, the investors. I mean, you guys are, we're getting a lot of attention right now. Yeah. And I mean, what John Stewart, we've had, we've had a lot of attention on, on what we're trying to, to change here. So uh, what does the future look like? I mean, what, what do you see happening in the next six months or so with these proposals? And is there anything coming down the pipeline that, that we, the investors, is going to get involved in? I mean, I think that the next few months, we're really going to be squarely focused on these, these new rule proposals, and we're going to try and do what we can to get the final rules to look like what we want them to, what we talked about in our comment letters. Um, and then, you know, the SEC will vote to adopt the rules. And if they do that, uh, the odds are that, you know, these firms are going to sue uh, to prevent the rules from being enacted. And we're going to have to support them then in the court and we'll be filing amicus briefs and we'll help people understand what they have to do to do that. And, you know, that's, again, it's something where we'll make sure people are empowered to be involved in the process. Um, but at the same time, you know, I hope we can continue our direct dialogue with the chair's office, with the SEC and start to push with our, our new effort um, around all of these, uh, these initiatives. So, you know, yeah, I, I think the next, the next six to 12 months are going to be an adventure. And it's like, I've been saying, I think this is the best opportunity in my career to remake markets. And I think we're, we're at the center of it. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to push to make sure everything's done the right way. Absolutely. Stay engaged and register to vote, right? Like right. those are the most important things. It's going to be a big deal. <laughs> we can turn that 35,000 number into even more. We do have, you said until the end of April, and I think this should get published pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, if not same day as we're recording. So we will provide a link to that uh, in the description of the podcast so that you know where you can sign if you agree with what's being said. Um, but I think we're running out of time for now. We've covered a lot of ground today and there's, there's a lot going on. Like you said, it's an exciting time to be involved in market reform. Yeah, um, 
And so we appreciate you being involved in these hours long uh, round tables and, you know, being so involved and, and helping to create a, a smooth brain as we call it online, a too long didn't read or too long didn't watch, um, to be able to put it in bite-sized morsels here in this podcast. So yeah, thanks. And thanks for, uh, thanks for helping me translate it, Pink. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm always happy to be the smooth brain in between. So <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we will see you next Tuesday. We are, and that was not an insult. We actually do publish every Tuesday. So uh, we're out of time for today. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe and leave a comment if you have a topic that uh, you'd like to see us discuss. So until next week, have a good week. All right, thanks, everyone.